Welcome back to the Magna Vita Show. I'm Alex Olson. Every week, we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional success so that you don't have to. We present the best practices and principles, empowering us to build a great life. Last week, we talked about persistence and coaching. This week, the best podcast talked about resilience and authenticity. But first, I want to share our bonus for the week. And this week, we want to share a quote. Um, it's from Seneca, and it's something that's really stuck with me, and um, I think it's super applicable to our daily life. So Seneca said, We suffer more in our imagination than in reality. And what I took that to mean is that so often we build things up so much in our head and we dread them and we think it's going to be so hard and so difficult. But when we actually get to the thing, it really isn't that tough. So for example, I know that Sarah and I recently did this with taxes, cleaning the house, and I did it yesterday with a project at work where before we had actually started these things, it seemed like they were gonna take so much time and so much effort. But once we got started, they were so much easier. And so I think it's just so crucial as we go through our life to not suffer more in our heads, not to suffer more in our imagination than we will in reality. But there were some great podcasts this week, so let's get started. The first podcast from this week is The Minimalist, and it's titled The American Dream. And this is the one that focused a lot on authenticity, and I know that that's a buzzword and it's cliche, and a lot of times it can seem like people are saying, oh, just go do whatever you want to do. Uh, but I really liked it. They had some great messages from this, because they're talking about how we need to free ourselves from the anchors of what we're supposed to do or who we're supposed to be. So instead, they said, they said, forget the, about the American dream. What is your dream? They said, don't live someone else's perfect life. And I think that's because it's so easy to get caught up in that cycle of trying to keep up with the Joneses or the people we see on Instagram and Facebook. But it's so crucial that we step back and we think, what is really important to me? What do I really want to do? And they said that, Minimalism forces you to ask yourself, what is your number one priority? Then you have to make sacrifices to accomplish it. And they said we really need to understand why we want to do something or why we should do something. Because people often say, or they think that this is the logical next step and then they do it regardless. They gave the example of owning a home. How for a lot of people, that is a, a, just a sign of success that they've grown up in their whole life. They've been told, oh, you need to own a home. And I'm not against that at all, but they said that it needs to be the right time in our life so that that home doesn't become a burden that ties us down. And I really like they said they built on the Jocko Willick principle of extreme ownership and they said they talked about how discipline equals freedom and they said that when we have the discipline to stick with what matters to us that will free us to do what we really want and they said that freedom is the ability to walk away from anything and because of that they said that debt free is the new american dream 
So the idea there is if, if we're not getting caught up trying to compete with other people or trying to live someone else's perfect life, then we'll have the freedom to do what really matters to us. But that takes a lot of discipline to get to that point. So again, this was a great reminder to me to not try to chase someone else's dream, to take that step back and think what goals are really important to me and how can I get out there and accomplish them. The last podcast for this week is Work Life with Adam Grant. It's titled Bouncing Back. It's all about rejection and resilience, overcoming those hard and difficult times that we all have in our life. I really liked Adam started out talking about how in his, early in his career he got published for the first time because he kept trying after he was rejected and the people there they saw that he kept trying and they did, they decided to work with him they recognized that he wasn't there yet but that he was going to keep working at it and, and that was a great example to me because when you look at Adam Grant He's written several best-selling books and he's incredibly successful. I think it's easy to assume that it's always been easy for him, but that's really not the case and it's still not the case. I thought it was so interesting. He talked about when he publishes or writes something to be published in a journal, he has to send it in anonymously. And he talked about how he still gets rejected. And he said he once they even told him that he should read Adam Grant's work because his wasn't as good as that. And it was just a great reminder to me that we have to keep working and keep going through those hard times and that we can overcome rejection. Adam said that we shouldn't just bounce back, but we should bounce forward. And I think that's a great way to look at it, that our rejections and our hard times can actually make us stronger and can make us better. But it's important to recognize why rejection is so hard and why it can hurt so much. Adam said, rejection is so hard because of evolution. So in the past, if we were rejected by our tribe, it used to have life or death consequences for us if we were left alone. And so as a protective mechanism, we point fingers. We think it's not us, it's them. And then we criticize whoever rejected us. But we can't control them, we can only control ourselves. Adam brought up a really interesting point though that blaming ourselves can still be detrimental because that can put ourselves down. And a lot of times it's just not, it's not only our fault. A lot of times we've done everything we can, but we'll still face rejection or difficulties. Instead of saying, instead Adam said that the best way to look at it is it's not you, it's not me, it's us. And what he means by that is that this approach will help us recognize how the partnership, the relationship just wasn't right because of both sides and because of the fit. And so it recognizes that part of the, the reason that it didn't work out isn't just because of them or just because of us, but it's because of the environment. And he said it's really easy to beat ourselves up and to question ourselves, but we might just be in the wrong situation. So he gave the example and he was interviewing a woman who was working at a video game company, but she didn't love video games. And so she didn't have the passion or the motivation of everyone else 
And so she wasn't as excited at work and she wasn't able to be as successful. But she loved sports and as soon as she started working for Nike, that's when everything started to click for her and that's when she was truly successful. And it, as I mentioned before, Adam talked about something called post-traumatic growth. So I think we've probably all heard of post-traumatic stress, but he said that we can have post-traumatic growth as well, that we can become stronger from our setbacks. And one example he gave, and he interviewed Emily Winters. She's a writer, but she's also, she wasn't getting enough traction or success writing. So she decided to become a stand-up comedian so that she could practice her material and get better at it. I thought it was incredible what Emily said. She just casually said this, but she said after four years, I started to feel comfortable and I just came alive on stage. And I thought it was incredible that after four years, it, it took her all that time to get to a point where she felt comfortable, but she kept going and she didn't give up. And I think that's just an amazing way to look at work, failure, and rejection. And she reframed rejection by setting a goal to get 100 professional rejections in a year. And I love that idea too, that she was setting it up in a way, she was creating the environment where rejection was a success. And so she didn't have to fear it or she didn't have to be upset when it happened. She still learned from those rejections but it gave her the motivation and it gave her the courage to put herself out there. Because as she said, failing does not make you a failure. And I love that idea because I think too often our identity becomes wrapped up in our work. And we think that when someone rejects us professionally, that it means that we're personally a a failure. And that's just not the case. As we talked about before, it could be something to do with that person or it could just be something about the environment or the fit or the situation. But Adam did, he recognized that rejection really hurts because it does threaten our identity a lot of times. And I think that's, again, as I said, especially true if we become too involved or too focused on work. And he's, Adam said the mistake that we make is to put all our identity eggs in one basket. And he said, instead, the truth is that we all have many identities. We have an identity at work, an identity at home, with friends, with family. And so instead of becoming so threatened when we are rejected, instead we can recognize that that's just one part of who we are. And that it's just one audience that's rejecting us. But instead, we can learn from that rejection and we can become stronger and better because of it. So that's the end of the podcast for this week. And I just want to thank you again for being here. I know that there's a lot that you could be doing with your time. And it means a lot that you're here with us. So if there's anything that we can do to improve or to become better, please let us know. But thanks so much for being here and we'll see you next week.